0: you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 18 and verse 9, and we hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. chapter of the book of Revelation tonight, if you have your Bibles, and would like to turn there. We've been studying about the destruction of the rebuilt city of Babylon, which is a physical manifestation of the spirit world of darkness when you get right down to it. This spirit world has been in existence much longer than the physical world. We see that in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And when God created the heavens, along with that he created all of the angelic host. And we read where they were singing praises to God when God laid the foundation of this world. You can read that in the 38th chapter of the book of Job, somewhere around verses 7 and 8. But sometime in the eons of the past, one of God's highest creations of the angels, Lucifer by name, led a rebellion against God, and one-third of the angels sided with him in that rebellion and they lost that battle. Lucifer became Satan. All of those angels that sided with him became fallen angels. And all of that is a, in, a, in combination makes up the spirit world of darkness. And later on, God created this world and he created man. And he put man in charge of everything, gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the of the air, and so on and so forth. And man had that dominion, but when he partook of that forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, he lost all of that. All of that was forfeited over to Satan. And sin is what gives Satan the legal right to do what he does in this world. He has dominion. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he kills, steals, and destroys because of the sin that's in this world. And when we read in the book of Genesis, we see where the first man organized rebellion against God took place at the Tower of Babel. They were trying to get to God in a way other than the way God... Had prescribed. And the way God prescribed, you can have, although man was kicked out of the garden and lost relationship with God because of sin, God gave to man a way in which he could still have relationship with God. And thank the Lord for that. It was through and by the sacrifice. Salvation has always been through and by a blood sacrifice. And all of that pointed to Christ and what Christ would do, His great sacrifice on Calvary's cross for us. But when that rebellion took place at the Tower of Babel, God came down, saw what they were doing, He confounded their language, and man was spread out all over the world. And if you take a look at the major religions of the world... And study them out. You'll find some traits in each of those religions that go back to the Tower of Babel. They left off building the Tower of Babel. But a short time later, uh, the men came back and it became a great city. And um, Babylon just simply represents the kingdom of darkness when you get right down to it. It is a combination of the kingdom of darkness and all rebellion against God, whether it be the spirit world of darkness or mankind. Either way, it's all kind of intermingled together. But the ancient city of Babylon was destroyed, but it's going to be rebuilt in the not-too-distant future, and it will become the headquarters of the Antichrist during the first half of the tribulation period. And as well, is going to be a major commercial center, sending out products all over the world. And it's going to be the new sin city of the world. If you'll look there in verse 2 of Revelation 18, the Bible says that it's going to be a habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit. Whenever sin is involved, demon spirits are behind it. And the Antichrist being in control of this city at that time, any and everything goes. If it feels good, do it. That's going to be the attitude of uh, of that day. Uh, It's pretty much the attitude of the day if you want to (laughs) bring it down to where it's at. Verse 3, Revelation 18, verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Now, the Antichrist is not going to rule the whole world, but he will have a great influence on a majority of it. Um, He'll promise great riches to the leaders of other nations of the world, And uh, pretty much tell them, if you'll join in with me, then you can be rich. And of course, that's nothing new. Uh, This has been Satan's bait ever since everything started in the very beginning. Matter of fact, this is the same thing that Satan used to tempt Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 4. When Jesus was taken into the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil, Matthew 8 and 4 says that, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So to be rich and famous has always been promoted as the goal for which everyone is to strive toward. But uh, it's not. But the Antichrist is going to use this, the same tactics that Satan has used since the very beginning. He's going to offer this to the world, and the world's going to fall for it, but judgment is coming. And in the fourth verse of Revelation 18, God warns all who are involved with this city, all who are involved in this system, Revelation 18, verse 4, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partaker of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Now, the judgment which will be poured out at this time is the seventh vile judgment of Revelation chapter 16. It's going to be the greatest earthquake this world has ever known. And the rebuilt city of Babylon is going to be completely destroyed, leveled, nothing left. Uh, Move down, if you will, to verse 9, Revelation 18 and verse 9. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. World leaders from afar off is going to be able to see all of this because no doubt every network in the world is going to have newsmen there with cameras recording it and broadcasting it all over the world. So they're going to be able to see it from afar off. And these leaders of the world, no doubt, have invested billions of dollars in this city and this system. And no doubt they will profit greatly by it. But... Now they bewail and lament because they see the smoke of her burning in total destruction. Now, let me say this again. The literal city of Babylon, which we see pictured here in total destruction and burning, is an echo of what is going on in the spirit world of darkness. Let me say that again. Let me put it this way. Everything that happens in this world is but an echo of what's going on in the spirit world. It happens in the spirit world first before we actually see it take place in the physical. And when you read here about this great city of Babylon uh, being destroyed and on fire, it is symbolic of what is happening to Satan's kingdom. Satan's kingdom is not going to rule and reign forever. Its days are numbered. And thank God for that. Matter of fact, if you'll look over at Revelation 20, this is what will be happening at this time in the spirit world of darkness. Revelation 20, let's begin with verse 1. John said he saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Jesus Christ is going to set up his kingdom at this particular time, and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Praise God, Satan, and his kingdom of darkness is going to be destroyed, and it will be no more. Now, all of this is also symbolized in the Old Testament. If you will, flip over to the second chapter of the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. Now before we look at this, let me explain some things. Uh, Daniel 2 verse 31. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream one night. And when he awoke the next morning, he could not remember the dream, but it troubled him greatly. And he called in his soothsayers and his magicians and whatever the case and said, Y'all need to tell me what this dream is that I've had. And they said, King, we don't mean no disrespect, but ain't nobody in the world going to be able to, to tell you that. And he said, well, y'all better be telling me what this dream is and and what, and, and what it means or else off with your head. You're going to be fertilizer in my flower garden out there. And so they were greatly disturbed about this. And when word came to Daniel and Daniel said, well, that's, that's no problem. I know somebody. I know somebody who can tell me what the king's dream was, and he can give me the interpretation of it. And just let me have a prayer meeting with my buddies, and let me get back with you. So that night they got along, had a prayer meeting, and the Lord gave to Daniel. The dream that Nebuchadnezzar had and the interpretation of it. And in Daniel 2, verse 31, it's where we'll pick it up. Daniel said, Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. Now, this image represents the empires from Daniel's day right on into the future, at least as it pertains to Israel. Now, some of what I'm going to go over with you here is going to sound familiar to you because we have looked at some of these things in Daniel chapter 7. This dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, he saw a beautiful image And each one of these things we're going to look at represents the empires that would come against Israel. To man, it was glorious and a beautiful thing to look at. But when God gave it to Daniel and Daniel's visions, they they were beasts. They were um, lions and bears, lepers, and nondescript beasts, and so on and so forth. And that's how God sees the kingdoms of this world. He sees them as beasts, especially when they're against his people. All right, let's look at verse 32. This image's head was of fine gold. That represents the Babylonian Empire. His breast and his arms of silver. That represents the Medo-Persian Empire. His belly and his thighs of brass, that represents the Grecian Empire. Verse 33, his legs of iron, that represents the Roman Empire. His feet, part of iron and part of clay, that represents the revised Roman Empire. Now, the feet... Has ten toes. Is anybody in, everybody in here has got ten toes, right? Okay. The feet has ten toes. There are going to be ten nations in the not-too-distant future that will come together and form what is known as the Revised Roman Empire. And the Antichrist, when he comes on the scene during the first half of the Tribulation period, he's going to take over these ten nations. Now, It says here in verse 33 that it's part iron and part clay. Now, the Lord began to deal with me about this a little bit. And iron and clay don't mix. Man was made of the dust of the ground. When the Antichrist comes on the scene... Around the midpoint of the tribulation period, he is going to introduce his mark and cause everyone to take his mark. No man will be able to buy or sell unless he has the mark. And as we studied the mark of the beast here some time back, it very well could be an electronic device that is implanted under the skin and you're not going to be able to work with this system unless you've got the mark, and if it is this chip. This combination of flesh, symbolized by the clay, man made of the dust of the ground, mixed with iron, that which is man-made, follow what I'm saying. This man-made electronic world that we're in it's fine as long as it's over there and we're over here but when they start intermingling putting chips and taking pills and putting implants in your brain i don't think that's a good idea you're mixing iron and clay and it's not going to work it's not going to mix the bible says that whosoever takes that mark they're going to lose their soul that's how deadly this combination is. All right, let's go back and look at verse 34 of Daniel chapter 2. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them in pieces. Stones and rocks are used in the Scripture at times to symbolize the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said that rock was Christ. When we go back in the Old Testament, when Israel was out in the desert and needed water, God told Moses to smite the rock and water would come out of the rock and fed all those Israelites that time. Paul said that that rock was a type of Christ. Well, this stone that is cut out without hands symbolizes Christ as well. That stone that's cut out without hands is the Lord Jesus Christ who will come back at the battle of Armageddon and destroy uh, the kingdom of the Antichrist and break them in pieces. That's what that is symbolic of. Verse 35. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer's threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. This is the judgment of the rebuilt city of Babylon that we're reading about here. And the stone that smote the image... Became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. That's the Lord Jesus Christ setting up his kingdom and ruling and reigning for a thousand years. So you can see all of this taking place in the Old Testament as well. Okay, if you will, go back to Revelation 18. We're going to pick it up with verse 11. Revelation eighteen verse eleven and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. These people are upset because their whole world is gone. All right, verse twelve. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls. And fine linen, and purple, and silk, and scarlet, and all thine wood, and all manner vessels of ivory, and all manner vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and the souls of men. We see here that Babylon is going to have just about any and everything you want, it's going to be the show place of the world at that time, clothed with luxury. Riches of every sort, the finest clothing, all types of building materials, the finest food, the finest cars, and any and everything you can imagine to make your life and living easier. But those who take part in this system is going to pay a hefty price because they'll have to become slaves to the system of the Antichrist. They will have to take his mark in order to enjoy all of this. And those who take that mark is going to lose their souls. Okay, look at verse 14. Revelation 18, verse 14. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee. And thou shalt find them no more at all that for which the people sold their very souls for is now gone Matthew 16:26 Matthew 16:26 says For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul It ain't worth it, folks. But folks are doing it every day. Revelation 18, verse 15. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. Weeping and wailing is the end result of anyone who places their faith in anything other than Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross. Let me say that again. These people put their faith in the world, the world system, this great city of Babylon. But anytime you put your faith in anything other than Christ and what he did at Calvary, Weeping and wailing is going to be the end result of that. That's the reason Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 19, He said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon this earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But these people have placed their faith in this worldly system. Now they're saying, if you'll look back in verse 16 of Revelation 18, verse 16, they're saying, Alas, alas, that great city... That was clothed with fine linen and purple and scarlet. And decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. These are the things that the world seeks after. And they use these things to determine one's greatness. But it can all be gone so fast. You can have the biggest house in the world. You can have more money than Donald Trump. But what does it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? All right. About midway of verse 17. And every shipmaster... And all the company in the ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? I want to answer that question. There is a city whose builder and maker is God. It's a city built foursquare. You can read about it in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. It's a city that's coming down from God out of heaven. It's the place that God has prepared for those of us that love him. And we're closer to that city now than we've ever been before. And one day we're gonna see that city. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Then I will come again and receive you unto myself. But sadly these people know nothing about that city. Verse 19. And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by the reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. They cry, they weep, and they wail over their financial loss, but we don't see them weeping and wailing over their lost condition, which is way more important. Their only concern was making money, Babylon was their heaven, but now it's gone. In one hour, she was made desolate.